Kaboom! Hey folks, Ty, Vince Clear Media. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, I got a special treat for you today. For, for folks that don't know, Brent Williams, uh, most people know him as Brenton Becca. He is a stalwart in the, in the sports car community, in the Hall of Fame of sports card sellers. Uh, if you find, you probably bought something from him on eBay uh, at some point in your, in your uh, tenure in the hobby because he sold sets and player lots for, again, 20 plus years. Uh, he mentioned this in the interview, and this is the third time I've interviewed him, but today he was talking about how he, uh, on average, was opening about 700 cases a year, for 10 years straight. Like he was opening crazy amounts of cases, sending out and selling sets and providing that to the community for a long time. And uh, we talked today because over the past year, he's essentially kind of been pushed out of the hobby, uh, pushed out and, and, and not so because of... Um, misaligned views or any or you know some sort of incident but mainly because distributors are are, they're just they're able to sell prices higher and uh, there's a long list of people waiting outside the door that want to pay higher prices for product and distributors are not willing to uh, appease a guy that's been sticking with it for 20 years and and buying 700 cases a year uh, so it's a shame, right? And it's again, kind of, uh, goes back to what we've talked about in so many other episodes about rising prices and how it affects so many other things that you don't see. But, uh, we talk about why that happened. His thoughts on the hobby thoughts on fanatics and tops. We talk about set buying, uh, if that's going, you know, if that's the end of an era, uh, and we talk about so many other things, uh, learned a lot more about Brent today, including his infatuation with, uh, his new infatuation with sneakers. Uh, certain types of sneakers, and and also uh, his infatuation with board games, which I am also a fan of. So anyway, it's a, it's a great conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. Before we dive into that, though, check out Card Hedge, sponsor for today's show. Click the link in the show notes or right up there in the corner. Uh, if you want to track prices on any of the top cards in the industry and you want to track them across all the different grades or all the grading companies, and you want to do it not just from eBay, but also from other platforms like Golden Auctions or you know, MySlabs, go check out CardHedge. You can check it out for a week free, super easy, or you can just pay the 15 bucks a month. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, uh, they do a great job. They update prices you know, every five to 10 minutes on nearly every card. It's a great way to track your portfolio or just uh, go look at prices if you want to get good comps really fast. So anyway, enjoy the conversation with Brent and have a great week. Brent, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, awesome, doing awesome. Well, it's doing, good to uh, see you. Feeling again. healthy. Yeah, good to see you too. This is a this is a new room. I haven't seen this room. What am, what am I looking at here? Do I see board yeah. games or boxes back yeah. there? Yeah, board games. Well, you have to turn yeah. the opposite way. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was sitting outside, but it was getting toasty and a lot of flies, and so I thought, <laughs> you know. I, I hope the dogs don't bark or interrupt us, but I'm in a sealed off room. It's my theater room. I don't, well, shoot. Now I'm awesome. wrong. <laughs> Look at you got a projector going. It's like a whole movie so, theater in there. Yeah, it was designed to be a theater when I built it 20 years ago, but it's turned into our board game room for the most part. And, and cards left. There was never supposed to be any cards in this room, but they have taken over. So, yeah. <laughs> Funny how that happens, right? Yes. Yeah, when you open hundreds of cases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're not much, 
I should say we're, we're a board game family, but we're not like we know all the cool board games. But we did get a game called Seven Wonders mm-hmm. uh, about a month ago, and we, me and the boys, have been super hooked on it. What, what's kind of your go-to board game as a family? Uh, well, I have crossed over the fifteen hundred game mark, oh! so I don't really have a go-to game anymore because we play a lot. That's all I'm doing since I'm not into the cards as much. Um, but man, I don't know with the kids during, uh, COVID with them being out of school and stuff, we started, I've had this game for a while, but it's called Arcadia quest. And it's kind of like a a dungeon crawler campaign game that we battle each other, but we also have common goals that we have to achieve. And we really enjoyed that. But I mean, we have seven wonders, great game and all the expansions. There's a lot of expansions. And, uh, so, um, yeah, we've, we like, we like party games, strategy games, you know, you name it. 1,500 games. That That is the, I don't even, the, that's just insane. The problem with me, as anyone will tell you, is I'm a collector and I can't stop. So in this room and I, 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 whether it's Disney, baseball cards, Funko Pops, board games, once I get into something, for example, I don't know, are you familiar with the shoes? Hey, dudes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Um, <laughs> They're apparently the number one selling shoe this year. My son just started working at a shoe store recently. And he's like, man, they sold out in one day and everybody wants them. And they're $60 a pair and they're very comfortable. They're slip-on shoes that have strings, but the strings don't tie. In fact, they, they're tied at the end, so you can't really untie them or tie them. They're really cool looking. They have, they have hundreds and hundreds of patterns on them. So the fabric is always unique, meaning it can be a, just a – a brown shoe, but there's multicolor. It's hard to explain, but they come out with, apparently they drop like 60 different uh, patterns a week or something like this. So I uh, saw my family for the first time in two years this past weekend in Branson and my brother uh, was wearing some and I was like, oh, my son has told me about these. And I saw them, I was like, those are amazing. So I went through all the Branson shops and I got addicted and went online and ordered. And I'm not a shoe guy at all but now i officially order i own 22 pairs after (laughs) getting my first pair on sunday so five days 22 pairs and we just actually before talking to you we just opened up an order from online the buckle sells them they have exclusives at the buckle they had 45 exclusives that they only sell and it's weird it's just like collectibles there's a drop every week and they at the buckle they were like we can put your name on our waiting list because there are guys that come in here and buy them and said they're resellers. Some of these things can sell for two, three hundred dollars a pair, you know, after being sixty bucks a pop. Apparently, I don't know anything about it. Haven't looked into any of that. Just mind blowing what's going on with collectibles and just everything in general like that. So sorry, this is not a shoes conversation, but no, that's how I get is, about collecting board games, yeah. shoes. I, I won't. I'm stopping with the hey dudes. I've got to stop. I don't need that many shoes. I, I got to do something with them. But board games we love, and. It shouldn't be. It's out of control in the board games. Um, this room is taken over, but I mean, it's like, man, I can't wait to try the next one. And yeah, we do yeah. like to replay them like that, but man, oh, we love this designer in this game. Let's try to get some more of those. So, it is well, in, in fairness, you and I both have lots of kids. It's board mm-hmm. games are such a great way to kind of force community, right? Exactly. Get them off yeah. the cell phone. We can't always agree what to watch, we can't always agree what to do. 
And sometimes I don't not in the mood with a board game, but if I can get a party game that I'm like is all laughing and stuff, especially if they're yeah. laughing at me and their mom, it's it's great. That's awesome. Well, I, I will check out Hey Dudes. Uh, I never even heard of it, surprisingly, uh, or maybe not surprisingly. I don't know. Uh, but hearing you talk about buying 22 pairs of shoes makes me think, you know, we got to get your heart allocations back because this is uh, this is enough's enough. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how my partner feels, Diana, who works with me. She's like, man, when you were doing cards, you weren't buying anything. Now you're just on the Internet buying stuff all the time. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. No kidding. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the sports car world. Um, sure. For for those that don't know, I mean, you, you've you been around a long time, a long time. You've seen many of the cycles the last couple decades. Um, you've broken, I mean, what, what would you say? Thousands of, yeah, thousands of cases for sure, but hundreds a year yes. for sure. Yes. The average, I don't know the last five years. I know between like 2011, 2016, I was averaging right around 710 cases a year. And I just know that because I was writing content at the time for cardboardconnection.com and I did spreadsheets and numbers for them to to write articles about that kind of stuff. So it was a little over 700 a year back then. Um, and it increased after that, but not, not a ton. I mainly added kept my same allocations but added in some of the online content that tops was doing after that gotcha the exclusive gotcha. stuff so i mean anywhere from 700 to 900 whatever if you are doing hundreds of cases and over the course of a couple of decades gosh you did how do you think about it it's like ten thousand plus cases that's yes that's, yeah to, i to nothing I, right are you doing you're doing a few now yeah, I mean, Pro Debut was the most recent, which was the first thing I've opened in three months, and I only opened a handful of those. So, and I won't open anything until November at the earliest at this point, unless something really changes in the market. Yeah. So, uh, what point was it? Earlier this year, or was it late last year? Where you started to get your distributors were like, "Hey, look, we're gonna have to start slicing allocations." Yes, like, late last year. Yes, late last year. Update and Heritage High were my first cuts that I've had. Um, and then Bowman draft was kind of, I don't really open Bowman drafts. I keep those for investment or sell them sealed. Um, but I took my allocations after years of not doing that. So those were cut. And then this year they said it was going to be cut a little bit more. And I was like, eh, cause, um, series one was cut. Heritage was cut. And then after that, they just came out of the blue and said, sorry, you're, you're not getting any more. So they just came out and said, you're not getting any done. Yes. They said that, you know, I was like, can I pre-order at a higher price? They said, no, um, you can order the day of release at fair market price, which their, their fair market price is higher than most. Like, I mean, there's online retailers that their prices are lower. Yeah. So, so what, I mean, what's your reaction to that? I mean, obviously you've had a lot of time to process that. I mean, a guy like you, who's done this forever, who's got about as good a credibility in, in a distributor world as anybody. Have you ever yeah. seen anything like this before? No, this no. I mean, sure. I'm disappointed, but I've wanted out for a long time just because of the hours and strain it is on my body, my family time but no one wants to be forced out. And I mean, I love it. I could never get away. I love the people that I deal with, but no, it's never been like this. They've never cut me before. I'm not really mad about it because it's business and 
in all fairness, while the market was heating up, you know, starting with judge years, like 2017, 2018, when breaking got big, all those years, they were still giving me my full allocations. They were even encouraging me in 2017, 18. Hey, Brent, you need to get back on the high end stuff that you've been saying zero on, you know, like my allocations on high end stuff was large. Like I could get 10 cases of, uh, triple threads or two or three transcendent or whatever. It wasn't a small number. It wasn't huge because I always said no, but I always said no thanks, no thanks, because I didn't want to break that stuff. And I was not a case flipper. And back then, getting those cases, even at cost or distributor plus cost, you know, it didn't always pay off to take them because <clears throat> sometimes they, <clears throat> some products wouldn't take off on the secondary market. And by the time you move it to someone, you know, and shipping and stuff, you you may break even. You you may make a little bit. You may make lose some. I remember taking some high end stuff on like tier one before, and everyone's like, "The checklist is garbage," and I lose two hundred dollars on that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so, um, but yeah, I mean, they encouraged me to take that stuff, so I did, and I started selling those cases sealed because I knew I wasn't going to open them. Yeah. Um. So, and that was nice income because all that stuff was going up at the time. Yeah. And. So no, never seen anything like this. Never expected yeah. this. Which it's just crazy. You, you talk about you know car like sealed wax. The this is three or four years ago where you we would right. get stuff, and there was no guarantee that it was going to go up in value. And I would say yes. most of the time it was not going up in value. Correct. Uh, which people can't like most of the new collectors coming in can't comprehend like that world existed, mm -hmm. but it's right. within reach. It's right there. We just tasted it. What, why why would you, if someone asks, because I think a lot of people think, okay, a guy like Brent and Becca gets cut over and over again, it's because their print runs are kind of pulling back. It, and, it, and that's not the case, right? No, I mean, not at all. The the issue is they know they can. there's a, there's a line of people out the door that want to buy stuff at cost yep. or close to it, and they, they can make more money selling to them. Yep. Is that the moral of the story? Yep. And, of course this you know and tops can sell more direct on dot com now and they most of the products sell out fast and they also sell to the you know the uk.com which is a growing market because i get those emails and see you know that they're they have the gypsy queen over there and the pro debut over there and stuff like that as well so you know there's more and more avenues for them to sell their own product as well but i mean mostly it's a distributor thing so yeah yeah what I mean, you you have hundreds and hundreds of clients. You've sold sets to so many people over the years that rely on you for sets. What's been kind of the consensus, the feedback that you've gotten from people? Are they just frustrated with the market as well? Or are they I mean Yes, not one person not one person was upset with me personally, which was yeah. good. I which I didn't even really expect, but you never know. Um, yes, most of them were like, Yeah, I can't believe this market. It's insane. Um, because everything is costing them more too. Yep. Um, I was always fair with my people, you know, if a top set costs this much, it costs as much a team set. Sometimes those would fluctuate due to the rookies in them or something. But, um, I did, I did reach back out to some of them with pro debut. Of course, not all of them collect that being a minor league product, but they just were telling me how difficult it was for them to even get the sets that they wanted from series two or stadium club and stuff. And I apologize. I'm like, yeah, I even looked at some of those products like gypsy queen and stadium club because I know the print runs. I would go on eBay and search and there was hardly anybody selling full sets. I mean, like one or two sellers sold full sets of those products, um, not just pre-sale, but after release. And then the cards just weren't there. I'm like, where is all this? I know when I sold pro debut, 
or even, you know, well, I can touch on that through the factory sets. Um, there was not very much competition and I know the print runs. I can see the odds on the packs. Um, but like, yeah. for example, the factory sets, I mentioned those cause they come with the, the hobby comes with the foil cards yeah. and last year they were numbered to, to, um, well, shoot. Now I just lost my train of thought to, uh, 221, I think, or 229. Yeah. And this year they went to 310. So that's a pretty insignificant bump up. Whereas right. if you saw the retail sets, they're numbered to 790. And last year they, you know, they were 289. And now they're 790 for the Walmart retail sets. That's a humongous increase. And so, but if you, I was selling those foil cards on eBay and there was no competition. Like for a month solid, I was the only person that had a Mike Trout listed. And I'm like, it's Mike Trout. You know, people are going to list that card. And it wasn't yeah. just him. Like I was the only person that had the Acuna. And I was just like, like, where are these people? And the people I know that used to open those with me, they're like, I couldn't get any. No one would sell me factory sets. And I actually bought those from Blowout. Um, you know, Chris gave me a you know decent deal on those. But I mean, I, I, I was like, well, where is all this going? Where are these sets yeah. going to? Who's opening them? Are they not listing the foil cards? Are they sending them all to check out my cards? I have no idea because they yeah. weren't on eBay. So... Yeah, I mean, what's, what's your gut tell you? Do, you? do you think it's a lot of folks hoarding wax now? Or is it just a lot of stuff getting open and people don't care about it as much? I think the new print runs have got to be on something like that. got to be hoarding it because... Yeah. yeah, I do think there's some people that open it, don't care. And it just depends on the product. And I do think there's a lot of it going to group breaks. But, I mean, maybe there was people factory set group breaking. I don't know. But I, if so, people should have cards in hand eventually and start listing those foil boards on eBay. So I I don't know about a product like the factory set. That really yeah. blows my mind because yeah, they that, really that increase them. But, I mean, maybe they're sitting on wax, but I don't advise that personally because it's too high already we know that it's too high now with the news with tops and stuff yeah some of the steel wax five years from now could be woo through the roof right so yeah. that's a whole nother wrench in the system now no kidding well we'll get to that here in a second because i do i do want to know sure. what your your opinion is on that um well that's interesting so i mean when you when you see the hype and and, and obviously the prices are going up because people are buying it there's there's tons of new people entering the market you look at the national right and you see the hotels mm -hmm. and it's just total mm -hmm. pandemonium what i mean what would you relate this to i mean we you were i think you were in it in the early 90s right you and i both right. were in it. Where i was younger than then but what do you what do you relate this to and and what's the end game in the hobby is this can it keep it on this trajectory or are we is it not going to last? What's your, what's your opinion there? Well, I, yes, I was in there. I remember going to the nationals in the eighties and nineties. And I mean, it was packed. It was busy back then. And yes, it's cycled. You know, we saw what happened in the nineties. Yeah. I always thought this would cycle back down. And, but the more and more I see it, the more and more I hear who's involved and interested. I, I don't think it's, Every market goes up and down. Every market, yep. no matter what it is. Amazon stock yep. goes up and down every day, right? Um, so it's going to come down some. I just don't ever think we're going to see it like it was. I, I do think it's going to continue on this trajectory. And I'm not saying everything's just going to keep going up. Yeah. I just don't think there's going to be a new bottom. And mm -hmm. that's hard to swallow for a lot of true collectors that have been around for 15 20 30 40 years a lot of the yeah. clients i deal with 
are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they'll tell you every email. I have every top set going back to 62, everyone since 57 or whatever, you know, and it's hard for them. You know, they want to get their top set for 30, 40 bucks and, you know, they have to pay a hundred to them. That's mind boggling, you know, for all, all the series or something. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna, as long as group breakings around and, you know, I don't see Hmm. it slowing down. I, wow. Uh, but I'm happy for the hobby. I'm happy. I mean, I'm not happy for the people that I've known my whole life because yeah. they're going to have to do something. And a lot of them told me they're done. And I believe the people that are the elderly people, I believe that they're going to say they're done, especially when the new stuff comes out. But yep. the younger people like me that have that collecting, they can't stop or control. I mean, it's hard to say no to stuff. It really is. And, you know, the fact that it's, if this top thing, I know we'll get to that, but if it's a finite thing, they like, okay, there's not going to be any more top sets after whatever year, you know, to them, they might say, I'm going to go until then. I've heard that from a ton of people all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as that happens, I'm done. I'm out. I don't know if they will be. Mm-hmm. I believe most of them, but, you know, so we'll see. I mean. Yeah, that that is a constant. I, I feel like I'm hearing that too, a constant theme from the purist. It's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready for another change. I'm just not yeah. ready to, to deal with that. But yeah, you're right. We'll see in two or three years when whatever Fanatics does with brands. What was your reaction when that, when that uh, news came out? Did you, was that a, was it kind of a negative? Oh crap. I was, um, yeah, immediately sad. Yeah. I, it sounds silly, but Tops has been around forever. They are baseball cards. I'm sad yeah. for those that collect. I'm sad for me. I collect, um, but then, I mean, this is silly, taking it personal, I immediately thought it's kind of a relief because here I am in the back of my mind knowing that I'm out, but there's always a chance like, oh, next year the market could go down some and maybe they'll come knocking on my door. Hey, we need someone to take these cases. And it would be so hard for me, even though I'm very happy right now, it would be hard for me to say no because I could easily get my people that I sell to back because especially hearing their struggles this year. And I mean, I you know, it would be fun to do that some more. And I love cards. I love doing it, but it gave me a relief in saying like, this was a sign, you know, yeah. this happened. And now without tops, cause the fanatics model, who knows what that's going to be, but if it's like we think, and it's, you know, no distributors perhaps, and maybe there are, the prices are going to go up no matter what they have to, in order for fanatics to make money, yeah. they paid too much money. They've always sold stuff on their site for a little bit more or their, their blasters mm-hmm. and stuff sell for more. You know, they're not dumb. The market, they're going to be able to cater to these people that are on the higher end of things that, yep. you know, are used to this stuff. So I am sad. I was, again, relieved personally because I was like, okay, this is a sign that I don't need to get back in. I need to pursue something else. Yeah. And because I'm not excited about Fanatics and they may do wonderful things and I hope that they do. I'm not wishing anything like that, but their contract is very long term. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I wish them in the hobby growth and I'll still be around, but I don't know if I'll follow it as much. Cause like Panini, if you ask me about Panini stuff, I know nothing about Panini stuff. I've never gotten into the non license and I realize that Fanatics will be licensed, but I am more of a traditionalist purist and they could. Who knows? Fanatics can buy tops, use the tops name, make the same stuff. But it's going to be different if it's not the same team. They're not going to just say, let's just make yeah. it the same way at the same price point. There's no way. Uh, you know, I'm sad for stuff like Heritage. 
I love heritage, you know, what's going to happen to stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Agreed. Open some boxes with, uh, of Ginter the other day with the kids. And I'm thinking, man, a couple years Mm. from now, if we don't have Ginter or heritage, sad day in sports cards. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What's, I mean, when you think about new folks coming in and if you were to, if someone's came to you and said, Hey, Brian, I want to get into sports cards, uh, not just as a collector, but I want to do, I'm going to run a business. Where would you point them to in terms of opportunities? What would you say? Hey, go focus on this. Is there anything that would come to mind? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say to focus on really is either breaking, which I know there's a ton of breakers out there and I know some breakers fell, but if you have the right mindset, but also, I mean, what I've been doing, I was told to go into grading. Well, that got, as soon as I was like, I'm doing grading, that that was my goal this year. When my allocations got back, I opened up a PSA account. I sent some cards off. In fact, my second order just hit today and it's coming. That's great. But that obviously you can't really do that right now. So my goal has been to, because cards have been going up, I've been investing and that's is what I would do. Collect who you like or who you think will be good mm. and do it for, you know, you got to have some short-term guys, but you got to have some long-term guys too that you really believe in. That's what I've been doing. I've been trying to buy. It's funny. I am buying when I used to sell to people. I am searching eBay, series two rookie lots, you know, and I used to sell those by the hundreds and didn't care. Here's a five-day auction, 15 card lot, 15 card lot. And I would do that for 800 cards each player over a course of a month, you know, and base sets too. But I had moved away from base sets more and more each year to do the player lots because the rookies just sold so well. Yeah. And I'm buying those now. And I'm like, I want to keep some of these guys that, you know, the first week they're two, three dollars a card, but after week two or three, they're down to 50 cents a card or, you know, whatever. I'm buying those. And that's yeah. what I would do because I do think the cards are going to keep going up. The rookie cards of these guys, you know, they don't have to be in Acuna or Soto with those rookie cards going way up, but some of these guys are going to be um, at least perceived that way. And um, the fact with if Tops doesn't have a license, these cards are going to get more valuable. They are going to get more valuable. I 100% believe that unless for some reason the new crowd that's a Fanatics crowd just doesn't care about these. But I don't see that happening. I just, I think they're going to be, if there is no more Tops, I think they're just going to get more valuable. I saw what happened with basketball. Yep. I'm really bummed about when Tops left basketball. I had a large order. I cut my order way down because I thought Tops is going to print this so heavily because it's their last product. And, you know, no one's going to want it because all my people back then I sold basketball. They were all like, I don't care anymore. The Tops is done. Yeah. That's what they were told me. I cut my order back. I didn't want to be stuck with it. Boy, oh boy, why didn't I just keep my order? Because there were so many good rookies in there and so many good cards. Oh. And I don't think the print run was actually very high at all. I think it was one of the least present pre- printed Tops releases then. And I'm not saying it's going to happen now. Tops yeah. has every right to just print whatever. But I mean, yeah, I, I do think they'll maybe. go up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so five, 10 years from now, there's going to be good cards in these products. Yeah. So if you can hold wax and not open it, good, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can, you know, the right products. And if you can get some singles, whether they be graded, you grade them or just hold them. I mean, I've always had raw cards and I know that's not the way to go these days. So I'm very bummed. I didn't get into grading sooner, but I was yeah. a way too busy. I don't have time to look through 800 
Boba Chat rookies and see which ones are grade worthy. I'm just selling. I'm not picking, cherry picking, you know. And my thought was, and I, I tried grading once in 2010, but I was very disappointed because even when I got 9.5s or 9s or I didn't get any 10s, but by the time I got them back in, they sold for less than the raw versions of those yeah. guys did the first 48 hours. Don't forget the first 48 hours, prices are always People on block, I can't believe these high prices the first 48 hours. And everyone's like, I'm patient. They'll come down. And they do eventually. So, you know, I was like, that's not what I'm in the business of. I'm in the business of getting a product and opening it, selling it to whoever wants it and, you know, keeping what I want and moving on. Yeah. So, but now looking back, I can't sell some of this stuff. And that's why I haven't sold some of my stuff here because I'm like, wow, this base rookie sells for $50. That's great. Oh, wow. The tens or 300 400 ah, i can't sell these ungraded yeah, yeah so i'm in a i don't know what i don't know yeah well in fairness to you right i mean and, and i tell people <clears throat> this all the time it's like you you have to pick a strategy that you're comfortable with with your, with sure. your sports car business and some people that's grading some people that's you know building a 20-year business putting together sets and player lots and Yep. Yeah, the margins are going to be different in all of them, but like focus on what you want to focus on and be good at it and it will work for you. I can promise That's exactly you. right. Pick, work, pick something and go for it. You're exactly right. Couldn't yeah, agree so, more. So it's it's easy. I, I'm with you. I remember, I mean, I remember for years selling base sets and looking back, I'm like, my goodness, if I just pulled some of these guys out, you know, they sell for, for more than the base set themselves, right? It's like, my, I, I know. hindsight, oh well. Yeah. You made your margin, you moved on. That was, that was also, there's a, positive to that right exactly it supported me and my family and it supported the future right because when i first started i was buying everything on credit card yeah. but after five or six years i had built up enough cash to buy the products i actually i had switched hey can i pay half of this cash half of this credit card in that way yeah. hey, can i save two three percent on the product by not doing yes eventually i got the full cash and so that felt really good when you can send someone sixty thousand dollars in cash to pay for a hundred twenty top series one cases right yeah i mean i could and that was a blessing and i didn't have to worry about credit and i was getting a bigger discount i mean i was used to paying ten percent over cost but i got down to five percent because of no credit card and me being buying as much as i am and me being me and that's very good yeah so yeah i've had plenty of conversations <clears throat> about this because i'm a big i'm a big uh, i'm con a lot of conviction around not using credit cards as much as possible, but it's crazy. Like when you, when you buy a product, when you spend 50, 60,000 bucks and you give them cash and you're not beholden to the credit card holder, which a lot of the new people coming into the hobby just are like, it's just, it's just is what it is, right? They're young people. Yeah. They don't have mm -hmm. a lot of free capital and they're forced to make decisions based on what their credit card statement says. But when you, when you pay cash for something, you can make a really, you can make a much better decision. That's right. going to affect your pocketbook in a positive way versus being forced to do I something. I agree. To do it. I agree completely. And I used to get upset about that because I knew that there was people that would walk into Walmart and spend their $120 or whatever hobby store. And because they owed that money and they would sell this card for X amount below what the market is, because they had to have that money back or whatever yeah. it was, it would be frustrating to me. But I learned over time, thankfully, cards got better and things just, they always sell. You may not get what you want out of it, but they always sell. And thankfully, because I did hold some stuff, it's gone up. Yeah. So. <clears throat> there you go. No, I mean, I, I noticed, I want to say it was about a week ago, 
do you have like 30 something thousand items still in your store? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's like 14 and a half thousand unique items. And then with the quantities in there, it's probably uh, right around that. Um, cause multiple quantities, but I have well over, I don't know, several million cards here that aren't listed. And yes, most of them are nine, 90% of those are base. Although some of those base are good yeah, because they are rookie cards from base top series. And I mean, they may only be a dollar piece, but I do have, I mean, I still have from 2018 update. I have hundreds of Acuna rookie Sotos, Otanis, you know, all that kind of stuff. I have, you know, um, all of those. And then I have tons of golds and foils and short prints and autographs just because I couldn't sell. I mean, I got, like out of update, I think I hit like seven black autographs, number to 199 of 19, the 1983 that year with Soto autographs. And I would sell one at a time slowly. And I still have like four of those things. So I've got some stuff that's nicer. Yeah. And I have my PC, which some of that stuff's nice. And then I have my Jordan collection, which I started before selling in the 90s. So that's been nice. I just really wish I had sold my PSA 9 rookie um you know five six months ago and then rebought it no, no i never kidding. wanted to part with the thing but it was up to 100k i think and now i oh. think they're like 20 or something my goodness so. my goodness yeah that uh that was uh that was a fun tale to follow for a few months there <laughs> just a uh. massive jagged spike um yeah but which, i mean i've found amazing things in my pc that i didn't know i had like i have a i think it's 2008 it's a Kobe Bryant refractor card at a top Chrome. It's just a base refractor card, but it's got LeBron James on it. And that card, I mean, I think like 9.5 or like 13, 14K. And mine is graded because I, it was my PC. I actually sent one order to Beckett in 2010, like I've mentioned before. But I, I sent PC items and Bowman draft. And yeah. It was thousands of cards. So I got lucky on that. It's a base refractor selling for that, those prices. And I'm just like, whew, I didn't even know I had this kind of stuff here. And it's like, wow, uh, it's Wait, crazy what's happened. Is your thought uh, grade that stuff and sell it while, while there's a, a massive peak still, or is it, you're just no rush. You just feel like the, the market's so, so strong. You're going to be just fine. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be just fine. I do think that that stuff has been fluctuating like crazy. Yeah. I do have that card listed because it's a base refractor, people. I mean, it's it was a $5 card for a decade. <laughs> I don't understand. It's not like it's hard to pull. It was like one in two packs or something on the odds, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have kept 95% of my stuff unlisted yeah. because I've I've been lazy. I've been playing board games and, you know, <laughs> watching some movies and stuff. I have, we, I got a board game on the table over here. I moved it out of the way, but, um, so I, and actually one underneath the table, um, cause this is a board game table, but I mean, I've been slowly doing it. I know I probably lost every, anyone that didn't sell during, you know, January, February, March, it's gone down. So, you know, but to me, I look at, I didn't lose money. Because that stuff, I know what it was worth 10 years ago, five years ago. Yeah. If I sell any of it today, it's far more valuable than it ever was. Even yeah. my Jordan rookie that's down to like 20K. I mean, that card was, you know, not even 5K a few years ago. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and I don't want to get rid of everything. So, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. 
Yeah, that, that is tough. And that, that's that's a really good point. That's, that's a good reminder for folks that maybe, and I'm one of those guys where I've said, this is a very volatile time in sports cards. Be really careful what you're buying because it's going to go down. Right. But yeah, when you look at it long-term, five years, 10 years ago, I mean, everything has done quite well. Quite, quite it well. It has. Yeah. 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 What, um, so what are you filling your time with? It sounds like board games. You're buying, uh, you're buying Hey Dude shoes. <laughs> I'm uh, done with that. That was a five day uh, thing. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I know. Uh, you're not personality is the same. We, 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 once we're into it, we're into it. Um, especially when our kids are into it too. That's what's, true. uh, what's the plan? You got some more products coming up. It sounds like you got some in, in November. Yeah. Heritage up. miners. I got, got a handful of cases of those and I, I'm pretty sure I worked out a deal to get heritage high, which I did not think I could. I've been trying yeah. to get update, but everyone, everybody's prices two times above cost or two and a half times above cost. And I've looked at all my spreadsheets and I mean that I, I couldn't do that. I mean, work. I don't mind opening and losing some money cause I did it for years, but that's not what I'm about now because now I'm like, well, that would take time away from my family. It would be fun. Don't get me wrong. And I would do it. If you told me, Hey, I'll sell it to you for 25 or 1250 a case. You're going to lose 250 of it but you're going to have fun. Yeah. I'll do a case or two like that, but I don't want to get 10 cases and lose that much money. Even if, I mean, you could keep the cards five, 10 years and they may be more valuable. I understand that, but I'd rather wait until it releases. And this is what I'm going to do. So everyone knows after it releases, the price will drop everything. I've been watching the prices on the dealer sites. The prices are dropping of most wax in baseball, not necessarily yep. other things. All the time. And I'll just wait two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. It depends on where I feel comfortable. And I'll buy this, two or three cases sealed and I keep them put away. And I did that for series two. That was the first tops product I've missed since I think like 97 or wow. something like that, that I've opened cases of. Um, and I'm going to do that with updates. That price is going to drop some. It may not, it's not going to get down to the five, $600 range. Again, we've talked about this before, but 2018, which had Acuna and all this black Friday, my distributor called me and said, we'll give you a hundred cases of jumbo. For three hundred dollars a piece, oh! I was on my way to a Disney cruise. And I said that's a great price because I paid five hundred. But I was like, you know me, I don't go back and open old stuff because everything's values. I mean, all the common stuff you can't sell anymore, and it's just a lot of work. But I said, tell you what, when I get back from my Disney cruise, if you still have them, I'll, I'll buy them. You know, I'll take them because they were trying to get rid of them. That's the truth. They blowout had them on. Everyone had them on Black Friday. They were trying to get rid of them. And I was like, well, uh, if you, and I got back and the cruise was seven days and he's like, they're all gone. We, we sold them all out and they were selling them for like three fifty to the direct public, I think. And I, they offered it wow. 300, but it's like, that's what used to happen folks. That's three yeah. years ago on a product that had was loaded with rookies. Yeah. And now those cases are, you know, 10 times that are, I'm sure there are more. I haven't looked in the last few months, Yeah. but you know, they're over three K for a jumbo case and stuff. It's, mind boggling and it's like yep, yeah yep. i should have taken those hundred and put them in a storage unit or something <laughs> bought a new house and put them in that one put loaded that yeah. house up uh yeah. and then paid cash for the house after you yeah. sold them yeah. uh yeah no i know i like to our point at the beginning it's 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 still crazy to me to think and i i was a part of the 18 update stuff i got plenty of those cases that mm -hmm. that was so recent it mm -hmm. just seems like a mirage now mm -hmm. um and, that, and right, it's not it like does. that was a couple year period. I mean, that was, that was two decades of that. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, 20 um, years of that. 2019 update with Guerrero and stuff went down. Um, and it's come back up some. But if you have any of that, it's the worst condition product I've ever opened. I still have all those base cards. Every one of my US1 Guerreros is nicked on the corners because it's also a black background of his picture. They're all in horrible condition. It's like, why would anybody want that sealed? Why would you open that? But, you know, it is it is what it is. But, um, yeah, it amazes me that you're right. It's only three years ago, two years ago, and this stuff was going down at release under cost. Yeah. I get baffled when I see a product like Gypsy Queen go up way above cost pre-sale and then not go down and go up more because I lost my money every time I opened Gypsy Queen at cost. Yeah. And then they wiped Gypsy Queen out. They took all miniatures out, all the parallels. They changed the product completely. And then it made it even worse. And the the classic relics and stuff. And I was like, that was one product I loved, but they killed it. And it just baffles me. Like, no one can open this and expect to get their money back. But yeah. yet it goes up. There I don't go. get it. But yeah, I, I, I watch products like Select Baseball or Prism Baseball, unlicensed baseball products mm. sell for one and a half, two X SRP now. And I'm like, what what no. is the what is the realistic expectation from people? Right. Like I, I know when I would open stuff, I would at least do the math really quickly to figure out if there mm -hmm. was a potential for me to do well, collect or not. If I wanted to collect, that's one thing. But to like right. flip or make money. It doesn't take rocket science to realize like it's, it's a losing proposition almost. Every yeah. There's time. no way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. even at the normal cost back then sometimes, I mean, cause believe me, people three years ago when I was opening cases, I would lose money on stuff. I learned quick, like don't open tops Chrome. I mean, yeah, if you want to open it and grade some cards, okay, that's different, but I was opening to flip and you're talking those were hot years with hot rookies i would open 2018 2018 tops chrome went below cost on the dealer markets and again or 2019 sorry um and yep. that that had to grow and 2018 i guess because but I, I you don't if you open it you lose you you hold it for sealed wax but it had gone down and you know now it's way up again but i i would lose money on some of those things so yeah it blows my mind that people can pay two X or sometimes more. You look yeah. at something and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I look at the national treasures case prices and I know just a, a year ago, it's been a little over a year, but like last year's, I think first off the line was like $750 a box for basketball. Yeah. yeah. And now they're like starting at a ducks auction, at like 50,000 a box or something or whatever it was, you know, and just keep trying. I'm mean, just like, it was 750. I mean, I know cause I bought some and it's like, I don't, I still have it, thankfully, by the way. Um, but it's just like <laughs> if if you open those cases that I think forget first off the line, but regular treasures, I think is almost a thirty thousand. I'm not talking about the Luca yeah. here, which is even more, but they're like thirty yeah. K. I'm like ninety-nine percent of those cases, the RPA, some of those RPAs sell for fifty bucks. Yeah. I mean even if you hit a Zion or a jaw, I mean, are they even going for thirty K? You better raw, grade a PSA 10, right? Yeah, no, not wrong. Right, right. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I'm yeah, not knocking I, everybody. Keep buying it. Keep buying it. Keep, I'll, I'll sell you my national treasures case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm holding yeah. them because they're going up. Yeah. I, I was going to sell last year's national treasures. Then I look at the Luca year and I'm like, um, wow, it's like 45 or 50K. I'm like, hey, if Zion or Jar or anybody else in that class 
you know, people think, oh, they're Luca. Then it's going to keep every time the Luca goes up, the next year goes up too. So I'm just watching them for sure. Yeah, if there's if there's any guarantee in, in the sports car world, lo- holding wax long term is a, is a pretty darn good bet. It seems like hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I didn't used to like, think so, but yeah, you're same. right. Same. Yeah, it's funny. You see a couple of years like the Luca year or the Patrick Mahomes 2017 football year, and you're oh like, oh my gosh, why would you not hold 2020 football with Justin Herbert and all these guys in it? Like, yes. look at what could happen two years from now. Yes, exactly. Especially if the licenses are gone. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Let, let me ask. Let me ask you this last question, and, and this is something we've talked about on our show a couple of times. What What would be your concern? Are you concerned that at this point Tops doesn't care, and the next two years they're kind of like you know whatever we lost our license, we're done. We're going to be focusing on Formula One or whatever they're going to focus on Star Wars, right? And they just print the snot out of products for the next two years. One, do you think that's a, a, a legit possibility? And two, what does that do to the hobby if it just totally goes to watered down mode? Is that something that we can handle? Personally, I, I'm not concerned about that. Um, the, only, the main reason is, and this is from me knowing some background stuff, the printers can't handle that. They, as we've seen, Tops is catching up to release dates. Tops would have to get multiple more printers on board, which I'm not saying they can't, but it's not the easiest thing to do. The logistics of it, printing that much and getting it packed up and shipped out would be hard because they, you know, Panini uses the same printers and stuff. And I know Tops has been doing some overseas printing this year and stuff like that. And we've seen quality control issues. I I don't think that's a huge issue. Is our print guns runs going to increase? Probably. They do every year anyways. They should. Um the demand is there, right? So why shouldn't they print more? It's not like, you know, if wax starts dropping or blasters start being available all of a sudden. Um, yeah, but I'm not because I know the people that I've talked to, they can only do so much. I mean, there's just so much they can do. Now, I'm not saying they won't go up a lot. There's been people forget. I mean, like Heritage last year went at like 50% or something. And it that's horrible news for someone like me. But yet people ate it up and it's still going up. You know, it's like, that's a huge print increase. I I never want anything to go up above 10% year over year. And there was times where it didn't or it didn't go up at all. And that was great. But, you know, those are big jumps. So it it could. But I also think Tops has got their hands so many things like the online stuff. Yeah. I think um and they're continuing to push more of that and increase more of those print runs and more products my concern has never been the print run now it used to be my concern is there are so many products out there there's Mm going to eventually be five years from now ten years from now where half the products people may not even care about they're like you know these are the best cards these are what we're going for and these other ones aren't worth as much or looked at or graded or whatever because I know people are like, I've talked to Tops about this in the past. and like, oh, our print runs are nothing like it used to be in the 80s. Okay, fair enough. But you made one product. You're making hundreds of products now. And if mm-hmm. you add all those print runs together, you're telling me it doesn't come close to the 80s because that's what they always say. It doesn't even hold yeah. a candle. It's not even close. I'm not talking Series 1 versus 2000 or 1988 Tops. I'm talking from Series 1 down to, you know, Bowman's best or whatever is the last product to come out of the year. There's so much stuff printed. 
you know, guys have a hundred different rookie cards every year and then there's parallels and stuff. So that would be my more of a concern long-term, but no, I'm not concerned. They're free to do what they're going to do. I do think that they care. I think they have to, I mean, people are going to do their jobs. Um, They may not get innovative or anything, but, and the print runs may go crazy. I mean, again, there is demand there, so I can't blame them, but I, from what I've been told, the logistics doesn't make sense. And I know things are getting better with COVID, so more and more workers are there. But, I mean, we look at what's happening with the shipping in China and all this stuff. Everything's getting yeah. behind, and they're not catching up. And then who knows if more – I don't know if we'll have any more shutdowns or lockdowns. But, you know, if anything like that happens or something, that's going to delay it all again. So, yeah, I, I won't I won't take that out of it. I just know the logistics of it. I don't think it's possible for them to. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good point. And, and I hear it all the time, kind of the chatter behind the scenes, whether it's Panini having, you know, employee issues or someone, I heard someone lost a finger on the printer. And so it shut down things for a couple of <laughs> weeks or they couldn't get oh like, the, you know, the foil or the whatever they need for the, you know, the chrome. Yeah, card. supply issues. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, that, that's a fair, that's a very fair point in what could potentially make sure that we don't see like astronomical print runs, right? Not to mention, like you said, I mean, they're going to print a ton, but two weeks later they have to start printing the next product. Yes, they <laughs> so. do. Yes, they do, and that's the problem they've run into. I don't know if they've run into. It's not a problem for them, probably, but yeah, you know, yeah. For sure. Uh, I guess I do have one more question: Is is the era of set? collecting done if tops is officially done yes 100 Mm percent. because the thing i noticed i've been in this business a long time i opened upper deck no one ever wanted upper deck sets now sometimes people would want the big base set but you couldn't sell spx sets and all those they were were always 90 card sets 100 card sets they wouldn't go for five bucks no one cared i I did the don rush stuff some people did care about don rush but you have to remember they were around in the 80s um but anytime i did any other sports basketball other than flagship tops football i couldn't move sets it was hard for me to move flagship basketball top sets um Mm. more so than football um but yeah i mean because most of the people that are collecting sets are older and unfortunately we've lost a lot of them over the years we'll continue to and that's just not where the hobby is anymore. Why do you want a set? Sure, there's going to be people that want a factory set, but they don't need the Gypsy Queen sets and the, you know, whatever. A lot of products don't even have base cards anymore, right? So, yeah, I think so. Other than the flagship tops, but again, if tops is done, I mean, there may be five people on the planet that say, give me that Fanatics base flagship set. <laughs> I mean, there might be. I don't know. They're just going to be wanting the hits. It's a new generation. That's what drives the internet. That's what drives the YouTube breaks. You know, people want to see the hits. I'm sure Fanatics, you know, sees what Panini does and how they do things. And, you know, I feel like it's going to be that way. I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> You're saying yeah, on Instagram and, and TikTok. Uh, TikTok. Wow. TikTok. <laughs> I like TikTok. Uh, yeah, me too, actually. Uh, probably me I... You're saying those things don't show real well, the Instagram photos of a brand new set that's not real hot uh, these days? Yeah, not real hot, no. <laughs> no. No, people people will break it up to take the rookies out, if so, yeah. or grade them or whatever. There's, yeah. And even yeah. I started moving that way, and I hated it because I am a purist and a completist, and it broke my heart. Like, there's sometimes you would open – well, you know about master sets. Oh, yeah. it takes 10 cases of flagship to make this one master set, right? 
I started getting when I got cut from a hundred cases down to ten earlier this year. Instead of making that master set, I was like, I'm just gonna sell every insert individually for three, four, five bucks a pop. I made that master set. I calculated on a spreadsheet. It made like forty five hundred dollars for the master set, where I could have sold the master set for like six hundred bucks on eBay. Wow! Because I, you know, I listed those cards on day one instead of waiting to sell them in the master set, and I broke them out. I mean, there's hundreds of inserts. And you price them three, four, or five bucks. And with the eBay shipping and a dollar or whatever, you know, with the cheap shipping, it you could increase your base cost. I mean, you're, instead of charging two dollars for an insert, the inserts were tough. They're very tough. I mean, it takes 10 cases for a master set, yeah. you know, so it made good money breaking it up that way. So yeah. even me, I was like, ah, I can't break this insert <laughs> setup. It was the only one I made in 10 cases, but I'm going to. And I did. And it pays off. I mean, I look at like the 1986, it was a hundred card set. Like it always is. Um, the 1986 tops insert set. And I had that, yeah. I only made one of those things and they were selling like, there was, I think it was only like one or two dollars of them. They're like 120, 125, which is about normal or about a dollar a card. But I broke them up and was able to sell commons for three bucks. And I mean, some rookies I had up like um, bomb and stuff. Um, he was yeah. Potter. He's from the Phillies earlier this year. And, oh, yeah. and I mean, those are like $15 cards the first week of release, you know, $10 for some of those rookies, Adele, Joe Adele and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and trout five, six, seven, eight bucks, you know? And so, yeah, it adds up and you're like, why would I sell this as a set? You know, when I used to have 20 of those sets or 50 of those right. sets, cause I it used sense. to, and the odds were easier back then, you know, the inserts, every pack yeah. and you got them all. It was yeah. easy. It made sense to move the sets. Cause I got to get them out of here. But, you know, it paid off this time, and which is good because I had to pay more for the product and I got less of it. So it worked out. There you go. I, I can remember for years where uh, you and I would talk and you would be like, hey, Tyler, it's it just you could just buy the master set for 600 bucks, break it up and sell it for a thousand bucks. People aren't right. They're so used to doing things a certain way and not even thinking about like, hey, this is a couple years ago. Right. Yeah, that's when it started. And and back then I was saying you don't even have to sell the singles because I was what I was doing when I talked to you about that was you literally could just sell the individual insert sets out of yeah. them that way because some yeah. of those were more popular and tougher and people wanted them. And I was doing that with Heritage Master Sets when Heritage Master Sets just um two in 20, 2020, Heritage Master Sets were four hundred dollars. But I was like I was looking at it, I was like I can't remember who was in that. It wasn't the maze. That was Heritage High. But whoever the – maybe it was Ernie Banks. Nah, I don't remember. The the new set. This year it was Clemente. But anyways, I was doing the breakup value. I was like, man, they're going for six, $700 if you just sell the individual insert sets and the short prints and stuff. So I, yeah. I, I sold out of mine. I literally made 40 master sets or 42 master sets, sold them all out. And then I went back on eBay and started buying master sets and breaking up the individual inserts because I was like – it makes no sense to sell master sets now because they're under five hundred dollars at four hundred or three fifty sometimes, and yeah, I'm just buying them and sell them again. I never used to do that kind of stuff, by the way. I used to open what I got, sold it, and moved on because you had to. Yeah, but I mean, you're an entrepreneur, I at heart, Brent. I, I it's guess. In your blood. In your I blood. guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, all right, man. It's been fifty-two minutes. Uh, I could talk to you for hours. It's been a pleasure. You are a stalwart in the card community. I appreciate you. I know people love hearing from you. Hopefully you get to stay ingrained a little bit, at least over the coming yeah. year. Yeah, we'll I'll be around some. 
You'll be around. You, you have a two million cars, multiple millions of cars to sell. So you're going to be yes around. to sell. I do. Yes, that's how I'm going to be around. And when that first Fanatics product hits, I'm ordering a thousand cases. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll sell them to you a little bit at the, at the pretty penny. Oh yeah, pretty penny. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Nice. Well, good stuff, man. Thanks for giving us some time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tyler. All right, we'll see. Thanks for having me.